Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Battery Power Podcast Network. I'm Chris Willis, and I'm again joined by my good friend, Stephen Talbert. Hey, Stephen, uh, they let us do another episode. Are you doing all right tonight, man? I'm well, buddy. That was, a, uh, that, was a, that was a fun game that we just watched. People don't know, we recorded this on uh, Wednesday night, and so we literally just watched the Braves um, come back and kind of out of nowhere and, and steal a win versus the Giants. So it was fun. I had to rewrite the recap, which sucked a little bit, but – We'll always take it for a win. You always trade that for a win. So it was a good night. Yeah, absolutely. It was a man. This whole series has been thrilling. You know, it's it had a playoff feel to it, and uh, you know, tonight was no different. One of the big heroes for tonight was, of course, Dansby Swanson, his solo home run in the ninth inning, pulling with them one. And that was going to be the first uh, topic for us this week. You know, Dansby's man. He got off to a just an absolute terrible start, striking out. K rate was through the roof. Man, he's he has turned that around and and then some. He's been he was good in May. He's taking it to an even another another level in June. You know what are your thoughts on Swanson? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of things to dive into here, but more than anything, man, he he's given this team a lift, and as they've turned it around, it feels like he's he's been a big part of that. Yeah, he's such a he's such an interesting player. It's such a you know if you spend a lot of time like I do looking at guys' profiles and their pages, it's such a fascinating he's such a fascinating player just because it's really I mean we're six seven years and into into his career and we're still not a hundred percent sure what kind of player he is and and we really haven't been at any point it's you know you kind of live and die by these massive spikes and, and peaks and valleys and in, in production that he goes through and this year was no different I mean he, like you said he started out in April and was as bad as we've ever seen him I mean he could not hit anything he was striking out I think over 50 percent of the time he just wasn't producing at any, you know, you can't really produce when you're striking out that much. And then, in, you know, in beautiful Dansby fashion, it just, it, it's like he flips a switch and becomes a different guy. I've tweeted this before, but there, there may not be a larger difference in all of baseball between Dansby Swanson when he's on and Dansby Swanson when he's off. It is, it's crazy how different, it's like a different human being has stepped to the plate. But you're right. The Braves have been, they needed it. They needed Dansby to hit because there was a long stretch where, you know, Acuna was still out. Olsen wasn't really hitting. Ozuna, you know, has been terrible most of the year. Duvall wasn't hitting. Ozzy wasn't hitting. I mean, there was a long time where the only guy hitting was Dansby. And he kind of kept him afloat in May until the Calvary could come, you know, here in June with, with Acuna coming back and Olsen and Riley and those guys hitting now. 
you know, there's more than just one. But yeah, for a long part of the season, it was just Dansby. And it, it's he's been the Braves' best player so far this this first half. Yeah, it's it's been an unbelievable turnaround for him. I, I've got it right here. I was looking at it. His K rate through April was over 36%. He cut yeah. that down to 25% in May. And so far in June, he's under 20%, which is kind of absurd uh, for him, uh, especially considering the way he started. So the funny thing about it, Braves rushed him to the majors. He was, you know, he was the face of this rebuild probably before he should have been. Um, and that's brought a lot of criticism his way at times. But, you know, he he's finally become that guy that can hit second in the order. You know, now we're, we're going to talk about what's changed and, and what's different, whether it's sustainable. But, you know, he just looks different to me. I mean, we've seen good stretches from him in the past. Felt like he, he sold out a little bit for power last season. But, you know, that's not what we're seeing. I think we're seeing a more complete approach this time um he's always been at his best when he's he's hitting the ball the other way but you know he he's doing that he's not pulling the ball as much but at the same time he's hitting it hard he's got a career high hard hit rate his launch angles a clear a career high he's barreling ball baseballs at, at a good clip and he's got the highest exit velocity of his of his average exit velocity of his career so you know i mean that's kind of the uh, my thing is is this sustainable i mean he's carrying a high uh babip right now but at the same time when you're hitting the ball hard the babip is going to be higher so i i'm i'm kind of curious what do you do you think i mean i don't expect him to be this good all season but i don't think it's completely out of the question that you know this might be a new version of Dansby Swanson if you listen to our first episode last week it's it's a little bit similar to Arcia in that you know listen he's running you know, Dansby's running like a 390 batting average on balls in play. That's not going to last. Obviously, just like we talked about with Arcia last last week, no, you know, Mike Trout doesn't run that number. Acuna doesn't run that number. It's not that's not going to last all year. But that's not really the question. It's 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 when that number regresses to the mean, how good of a player is left. And like you said, there there are numbers to show that he he has made. You know, they're not huge improvements. You know, I, I think his average exit velocity is up, I think, like one mile an hour off last year. His his hard hit rate is up like 2 or 3% from last year. There, it's not massive bumps, but, you know, he added quite a bit of power last year. So he didn't really need to hit that much harder to be productive. What he needed to do is is either cut down on the strikeouts or add to the walks to try to get that on-base percentage up a little higher. But, you know, honestly – with his defense, he doesn't really have to hit that much to be a, a really, really good player, of, you know, a three, four, five-win player. When you play shortstop at the level that he plays shortstop, if you can just be a league average hitter, then you're going to be you're gonna be very well paid and, and play in this league for a long time. And let's face it, even if he doesn't ever really get the strikeouts under control and get the on-base percentage up to where maybe you would want it to be a little higher, even if he's just a 20, 25 homer guy when all of this BABIP stuff you know regresses with that defense and that power that's a three-win player at least if not a four-win player so you know your question of is it sustainable is kind of a it's a yes and no like this this version is probably not sustainable because he's again he's not going to run that that BABIP all year but it doesn't have to be sustainable for him to still be very very good that's if I had to pick a a lane where I thought this was headed. That's where I think this is headed. He, his numbers are going to come down, but they're not going to, they're not going to collapse. He's going to be, he's going to finish the year as a four plus win shortstop, probably going to make the all-star game. 
I wouldn't be surprised if he set, you know, personal best and home runs. He's, he's crushing the ball. He's really developed into his power kind of later into his career. So yeah, your question of, of sustainability is, is a yes and no, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to sustain like this, but I don't think it has to for him to be everything the Braves hoped he would be. It's a good timing for him, obviously, because he's in the last year of his contract. Coming into the season, I'm looking at, at Dansby Swanson as a, as a luxury of a guy that's batting eighth or ninth in this lineup. And, uh, but he's, he's done, obviously he's done much more than that. You know, he's, he's moved up the order. He's carried the team at times. He couldn't have picked a better time to have a, a career season. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. There's going to be some big name shortstops on the market more than likely. Carlos Correa, uh, Xander Bogarts, both ha- can opt out and become free agents. I'll be surprised if both don't. Trey Turner's going to be out there. But what? What kind of contract do you think um, Dansby Swanson's looking at now? Yeah, I mean, you can't pick a better time to have a career year than your than your walk year, and that's you know that's what he's done. He's 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 setting himself up now. He has to finish the job. You know, he has to play the last three months. Again, he's not going to play at this level all year, but he you know he he does he he doesn't need to come you know crashing back down to earth. Even if he comes, you know, gliding back down to earth, that'll still be good enough. But listen, teams pay for shortstops, and we have seen that over and over again. You know, if you're a first baseman, if you're a left fielder, if you're a DH, you've seen your value tank in the last few years because teams care about defense more than they ever have. And conversely, you know, if you are a shortstop, you have seen your value go through the roof in the last five years. And, you know, we saw last year with Javi Baez, who has some disappointing, you know, last few years with the Cubs. And he still got 140 million. I mean, we saw it with Trevor Story, who had a disappointing year with Colorado, and he got 140 million. You know, Dansby is going to get paid, and I think there are some Braves fans who think he's going to sign a contract much smaller than the one I think he ultimately ends up signing. I, I don't see a scenario unless he literally just falls off a cliff, like we've never seen before. I don't really see a scenario where he's not signing at least a nine-figure deal this offseason. I think we're well past the point where he's going to sign an extension. You know, when guys get this close to free agency, they're playing this well. You know, you're going to test the open market and see what the best deal is out there. And with the, you know, with the league valuing shortstops maybe more than they ever have, the fact that he plays, you know, a really high-level defensive shortstop, the fact that he can hit for power now, you know, that he's a legitimate 20, 25 homer guy. There are teams that just off the power and the defense alone will give him nine figures. And, you know, if he comes in, if he finishes this year at four or five wins, which is what he's on pace for now, I mean, he could easily get 140, which is what Story and Baez both got. You know, I think there are some Braves fans who who may, may aren't, you know, they may not be expecting that, but you've got to look at the whole package and you've got to look at positional value and, and how defense has changed and how defense is valued, especially as shortstop, how much defense is valued. And um, he's going to get paid. Now, like you said, there are other shortstops in the market, but there's also a lot of teams that need shortstops. All the teams that are losing, you know, that top shortstop going on the market are, are also going to need a shortstop plus a few more. So even with other top shortstops on the market, and we saw it last year, there was a bunch of top shortstops on the market and they all got paid. And I, you know, I think that's going to happen again. Correa is going to get paid. Turner's going to get paid. And I think Swanson's going to get paid and it's going to be a lot. It's I, I, I would be shocked, genuinely shocked if it wasn't at least nine figures. 
coming into the season, I mean, that would have been just, it would have felt like a crazy number to throw out there. I think yeah. you don't know how the pandemic season really affected things, but the Braves have, have here we are, you know, they've let another guy, another key piece get to uh, get to the verge of free agency without uh without an extension you know there's a couple other names on that list that we you know we're hoping that they'll they'll work out some long-term deals but you know Dansby's I think he's an important part of this core especially now that Freddie Freeman's gone it feels like he's taking on more of a leadership role in that clubhouse I think the the question and I know you don't you're not going to be able to answer this either either but uh you know I mean the easy question is 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 he back with Atlanta next season do you think he will be I think he probably would like to be but you know once you get to free agency I mean if we learned anything this past off season anything can happen yeah and that's key is that once you get to free agency you know a lot of times and we saw with Freddie guys set numbers their agents set numbers and you know if you don't match that number then you're, you're not going to get him and you know I know people want to think that because Dansby is from the Atlanta area that he's a hometown kid that he's going to give a hometown discount and listen you should never expect that you should never count on that you know if it happens great I know Chipper did it a couple of times but you know the union really pressures these guys to take top dollar because their deals are you know, the precedent setters for the guys that come after them. And so, and you know, the guys themselves, they want top dollar too. I mean, Dansby's kind of toiled and he's dealt with a lot of negativity and, you know, he's dealt with some backlash from Atlanta because he hasn't always played like the guy we thought he would be when he was the number one overall pick for Arizona and then traded to the Braves. And so, you know, he's probably looking very, very much forward to, to being able to sign a, a big term deal. And, you know, I, if I'm honest, I, I, I can more easily see a scenario where the Braves don't sign him than one where they do sign him. You know, my, my reasoning behind that is, you know, when everybody in the Braves lineup is going, and if you regress Dansby's numbers back to probably what their norms are, if you look at Acuna, if you look at Olsen, if you look at Riley, potentially even Michael Harris, potentially even Ozzy, you know, there's a there's a real scenario where, where Dansby's the fifth, sixth, you know, if they go out and add somebody, maybe seventh best hitter on the team when, when we're talking about his true talent level. Can you pay that guy $20 million a year, $25 million a year? You know, if you're the Dodgers, maybe. If you're the Yankees, maybe, or the Angels or the – Phillies maybe, but, you know, we haven't seen Atlanta get into that stratosphere of, of payroll and maybe they will because they're, you know, they're swimming in cash after the world series, but we haven't seen them swim in those waters before. And, you know, to pay Dansby 25 million, 20 million, depending on what his final number is, you still got to pay Riley at some point. You still got to pay Max Freed at some point, you know, Olsen's making 20 plus, you know, Acuna is now making real money. Um, you still got to build out a rotation after you got to do something with Charlie Morton. If he, if you don't pick up his option, well, then you got to go add somebody. So you got you got the bullpen to, to pay. It's tough. It's all in context, right? It's not just in a, in a vacuum. You have to take it all in one context that, you know, the, the payroll one, one move affects another. And I could very easily see a scenario where Alex Anthopoulos says, 
you know, Dansby, we love you. We, we appreciate everything you did for us. You won us, a, you helped win us a World Series, but we just can't pay you that. That's what you need. If, the, if you need to take top dollar, then we'll love you. You know, we love you and we'll miss you. And so that I, I could be wrong, but my sense is I see a scenario where they don't pay him more than I see a scenario where they do. I don't think that's an outlandish uh, uh, statement at all. Because that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm leading. Just the more I watch him play, it seems like the you know the the price tag is probably going to go up. And while he may not be yeah. the he may not be the biggest name on the market, he's going to be a nice fallback option for somebody that doesn't get Turner or Correa or or Bogarts or they lose one of those teams. Those teams, the Twins, the uh, the Dodgers possibly, you know, they could be looking, they'll be looking for somebody if those shortstops move on. So the the interesting thing, Braves really aren't, they really aren't set up for him to walk. They don't really have a, 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 per, a player waiting in the wings. You know, I think a lot of people will point at Vaughn Grissom, but I mean, he's in high right now and there's questions whether he's going to be able to stick at shortstop. It feels like Arce, Orlando Arcia would be the, in case of emergency, but I don't know that they'd want to go into next season with him as the everyday shortstop. So, you know, they'd be another team that'd be in the market for, for somebody, but uh, again, it'd be unlikely that it, they'd be operating at the top of the list there. Uh, I know there was some rumblings around Carlos Correa last year, possibly. But I think the important thing there was Correa was looking for a short deal last offseason. Uh, I don't think if he opts out this time, I don't think he'll be he'd be opting out to the, to sign another short deal. He's going to be looking for a massive, a massive contract in free agency. So, you know, it's 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 still too early to be really worried about this. You know, kudos to Dansby Swanson for uh for uh, turning his season around. He's been huge for the Braves. He's been uh, – Braves are 17-3 and three in, in June, and he's been one of the big reasons why. And, and one, one thing I will say about free agency is that, you know, teams are, are usually – not always. There are some exceptions. But usually teams are more willing to pay for offense than they are defense. You know, when you're talking about long-term, you know, nine-figure deals – and the simple reason for that is, is offense typically ages better than defense. You know, defense is one of those things that as you get older, it usually declines faster than your offense. And so because Dansby's profile is probably going to be defensive heavy, there is a scenario where like he slips to a range where the Braves maybe are more comfortable and then, you know, if you add in the fact that, like you said, the Braves don't really have a plan B, that might allow them to increase maybe what they're comfortable doing for Dansby than maybe they otherwise would if they did have a top prospect ready to go in AAA. You know, it's a who are you going to get to play short if it's not Dansby is a real question. And it's a real factor in what ultimately you offer Dansby, because if you don't really have a plan B, then you're going to offer him more than if you did have a plan B. It's just common sense. So I do think teams typically try to pay for offense more when talking about these big deals. And because of that, you know, if Dansby does come back down to earth, if he's, you know, if his WRC plus gets right back to league average, which is kind of where he was last year, there is a scenario where he could kind of slip down to a level and the Braves could maybe come up to a level where there's middle ground where a deal could get done. I think that's the best case scenario. If Dansby plays like this for the rest of the year, there's I, I think he's priced himself out of Atlanta, quite honestly. But if it, you know, if there is some regression to the mean, if the Braves feel like there's not a great option outside of Dansby, then 
that's probably the if you're if you're hoping he's back, that's probably what you should root for is because I, I feel like that's probably the best scenario that he comes back on a on a long term deal with the Braves. We're we're still here in the middle of uh, you know towards the end of June. It's too early to be talking about for certain that he's leaving. There's still a lot of baseball left to play. I mean, you can't ignore it. Uh, you know, he is in the last year of his deal, and he is putting up unbelievable numbers. So you know, I think it's a natural thing to thing to look at. You know, it's going to be interesting to see if he could keep this up. You know, he's been forever been a peak and valley player where he he's red hot one time and he's uh, you know he's ice cold the next, but. He just looks – he looks a little different right now. I don't know. You know, I, I, I think this might be a little more sustainable than what we've seen in the past. But it's going to be fun to find out. Shifting gears here, the All-Star game voting came out. You know, I thought there's there's been some discussion and stuff about the All-Star game, just how important it was, it is anymore. I saw you, you and uh, Scott Coleman had a, a, a nice little tweet exchange the other day about the All-Star game. You know, it's it's weird for me a little bit before we get into the vote and just talking about the All-Star game because I can remember I'm kind of nostalgic when it comes to the All-Star game. Um, you know, I don't want to – I'm without revealing just how old I am here, but uh, when I was growing up, you could watch the Braves on TBS, you could watch the Cubs on WGN, and you got a CBS game of the week. And, uh, you know, that was about it. And, you know, it was nearly impossible to see – the best players in the American League, you know, or, or something and things like that. So I always looked forward to the All-Star game. I always enjoyed it. I used to record them on VHS. I've still got those laying around here for some reason because there's I don't have anything I can play them on anymore. But, you know, it was always something – it was always something that I looked forward uh, to. And I think, you know, you, collect, you grow up collecting baseball cards and, you know, that's your way to see these guys. But it's changed, you know, over years. Um you know, ESPN started showing baseball. You started getting games more and more national games through the week. Pretty much now, I mean, there's some hoops to jump through, but you can pretty much pull up any any game any night on MLB.tv. You might have to deal with some uh, some blackouts or, or things along the way, and and really, it's going to step forward. You can just about do that for any minor league game now. And, you know, I think that and interleague play, it's taken a little bit of the luster off the all-star game. You know, I'm curious. I'm curious. I know you guys had, you had some uh, good ideas maybe for uh, alternatives this week, but you know, I'll be honest, I I still would be a little disappointed to see the all-star game go away, but it, it, you know, there's no denying that it's, it's kind of slipped from a mainstream product into the background a little bit. Yeah, it has, you know, I'm not, I don't think I'm as old as you, but. I, I am old enough to remember the All-Star game used to be a spectacle. And maybe it was, you know, how old I was. I was 10, 11 years old. I remember, you know, the Monday after the All-Star break was home run derby day. And, you know, you could get on ESPN. It was in the middle of the summer, so you're out of school. You get on ESPN. And they would show, like, the last five home run derbies leading up to the net, the home run derby that, that was about to happen. Um, and so you could literally just sit there and watch, you know, home run derbies all afternoon. It was, I remember doing that several years in a row. And then the game itself was such a awesome spectacle. And I, I agree with you. I, I, I do think interleague play has a lot to do with why it doesn't quite feel like that anymore. For interleague play, there, you never saw Ken Griffey Jr. Or, you know, you never saw, you know, today's version, Mike Trout. Like you watch that game to see the superstars 
that you never watched, you know, on a nightly basis. And, you know, between streaming, MLD, MLB.TV, interleague play, I just don't think it has that same, you know, it doesn't have that same kind of feeling anymore. And, you know, honestly, a lot of the times it's, it's just whoever had the hottest April and May that makes the game, you know, it's, it's usually because baseball is random. A lot of times, you know, there's just random guys that make the team that you're like, I, you know, I wouldn't really classify this person an all-star. They just had a really hot April and May. And, you know, when Scott tweeted that out the other day, I can't remember exactly what he tweeted, but, you know, I, I tweeted, he was talking about how the game really has lost a lot of, of its luster. I tweeted back, I, you know, I agree. I, I would, instead of doing an all-star game in the middle of the year, I would make an all MLB team kind of like what the NBA does and vote, up, vote on it at the end of the year. One, so that, you know, we're using a full year of statistics to, to vote on this, you know, and not just what happens in April and May. And I think you would get probably a little more true results relative to small sample sizes and, and randomness. And two, just, you know, it would give the guys, it would give all the players a full week break in the middle of the summer. You know, baseball is a marathon. It's 162 games. It's played in the heat of summer. Everybody in, in the league got a, a one-week break in the middle of July. You know, and you could still do the home run derby. I, I, I would probably still do the home run derby just because it's fun. It's a pretty low-effort event. You know, there's only usually eight or ten guys doing it, and, you know, they can pick and choose if they want to. You maybe throw in a skill challenge or something, you know, to, to spice it up. But I – I would I would move away from the game itself if it were you know if I was king of baseball I would I would just make it an all MLB all MLB team that gets voted on at the end of the year you know you get true stats you get you know guys who are probably a little bit more deserving than guys who just had a hot start to the season and you give everybody a break and you know I know for people that grew up with the All Star game it, it would be a bummer but I just think with interleague play full year you know DH in both leagues now you know. I just don't know how much – I don't know how much it really holds in terms of a, a spectacle anymore. It it really feels more like a footnote uh, these days. So that's what I would do. I, I understand that people don't want to do that, but, I, you know, I I would consider – I would consider maybe retiring the all-star game. You know, and and that's a, that's a theme too. You know, I, I just feel like, you know, the NBA changed their uh, all-star game format recently, but that game kind of just got to – point where you know it it was it wasn't fun it was a joke guys wasn't playing defense they wasn't taking it serious and we've seen the same thing in the pro bowl you know so baseball is not the only sport that uh kind of has issues with it you know you brought up voting and again i'm going to date myself here but i can remember when they were paper ballots you go to the ballpark you punch them out you drop them in you know they uh, actually you know and i think voting bringing the voting online now you know you we've seen we've seen times where you know the voting results come in and it was um, i think it was the cubs that year you know all eight of their players were you know leading the voting and you know and that that to me that kind of takes away from what the all-star game is supposed to be i mean you know i think the fan element is uh, very important but at the same time, you want to see the best players. You want to see the deserving players, you know. So I really don't know how you fix that, uh, especially since going online. Uh, you know, I know a lot more people vote for all-star uh, all-star game players now than they ever did before. Omar and Fonte. Omar yeah, and Fonte there you go. Baby. There you go. Remember Omar and Fonte making the all-star game? Um, that was awesome. Well, speaking 
And by awesome, I mean terrible. <laughs> Speaking of the voting results, the first round came out. The vote, voting is going to continue on phase one and up until June 30th of this month. The Braves were featured fairly prominently. Ronald Acuna Jr. was uh, his second overall vote uh, getter in, uh, in the National League. Behind Mookie Betts, Travis Darno second, Austin Riley's third, Ozzy Albies is second. Obviously, Albies won't be participating because he's on the injured list. And uh, William Contreras, I mean, he's a good ways behind Bryce Harper, but there he is in second, uh, you know, in the DH uh, standpoint. Uh, were you surprised a little bit about Acuna? Um, I mean, I think he's been excellent. I think he is an all-star, but I really didn't know where he was going to come out, you know, in this. And I mean, it, it would take a pretty big collapse now. I think he's, you know, I think he's got a good chance to, to be voted in as a starter. And if you remember, you know, it was a shame last year, he was voted in as a starter at, right before um, he tore that knee up. So, you know, I'm hoping I'm pulling for him, hoping that he can get in that starting lineup this time. The national league outfield situation is, Kind of a mess, honestly, with Harper being labeled as a DH because of his injury, and now Mookie Betts is out, I think, with a broken mm-hmm. rib, and so he's gonna he's gonna be out. I think he's the leading vote getter in the Correct. outfield. Um, it is a it is it is not easy to find three National League outfielders that you would deem maybe All Star worthy. I think Jock Peterson will make it just because he's just been so incredibly hot all year long. Acuna will definitely make it because even if he's not maybe fully back to being Ronald Acuna yet, just being 80% Ronald Acuna is still better than almost every other outfielder on the ballot. And, you know, so, and like you said, it was a shame last year. He was, I think he was the leading vote getter last year um, overall. And he literally tore his, his knee up the day before the all-star break. And so obviously he didn't get to play in the game. Um, he still no, he didn't. I don't think he even got to like no, go I don't as think a, so. As an injured player, because so. he literally, yeah, he mm. just hurt his knee, so he, I, I doubt he could fly. Um, so yeah, he didn't even get to attend it last year. So even if he's maybe not having you know a typical Ronald Acuna season yet, he's still better than everybody else pretty much on the ballot. So I have no problem with him. Riley's going to have a tougher go of it just because Machado and, and Arenado have been so incredibly good at third base in the National League this year. Contreras is listed as a DH, but Harper's going to win that pretty easily. So Contreras, that's it. I think Harper's got a pretty good lead, and he should. I mean, Harper's obviously incredible. And then Swanson, I think, is right behind That's Trey correct. Turner. Yeah, and, that, and right? that one's yeah. – he's a couple hundred thousand votes behind uh, on this first one. But, uh, you know, that, could, that gap could close pretty quick before the end of the month. And one thing that hurts Swanson is that on the ballot, all the the only the only numbers on the ballot are offensive numbers, I believe. I think they just put your OPS and maybe your home runs on the ballot. And so, you know, Dansby's best argument for inclusion is the fact that he's been he's been very good offensively this year, obviously, but he's also been elite defensively. And so, you know, the ballot, the setup of the ballot doesn't do him any favors by just, you know, focusing on offensive numbers and you know, pretty much anybody who who maybe, you know, is further up the, the war leaderboards because of their defense, you know, they, they don't really get a fair shake in the all-star voting because ballot still uses pretty offensive, rudimentary kind of offensive-based numbers. And, and that's just how it's always kind of been done. So, you know, I, I could see a scenario where, you know, Turner wins the vote. Uh, I could also see a scenario where Braves fans just go crazy 
and get him in there just because he's been so good. Um, I think he'll be in either way. If he doesn't get the fan vote, he'll get selected to be on the team. So it's probably not a huge deal either way, but Swanson will be there. Acuna will be there. Um, And then the Braves obviously have some pitchers, you know, uh, Max Freed deserves to be there. Kyle Wright deserves to be there. AJ Minter deserves to be there. And I think probably even Kenley Jansen deserves to be there. All the relievers is always tough just because there's so many, there's so much competition, but the Braves will be well, you know, they'll be, they'll be well represented. Um, and obviously Brian Stinker is going to be the manager since the Braves won the national league last year. So it'll be fun for Braves, for Braves fans. There'll be plenty of, there'll, there'll be, a, there'll be plenty of Atlanta hats on the roster. Yeah. And that's one good thing too. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more of it as it, the closer we get there, but you know, Brian Snicker will be the manager in the national league and, uh, he is a great story, uh, you know, 40 plus years with the Braves organization, you know, and I know I remember when he was hired as interim manager, you know, nobody thought that he was going to keep that job, much less win a world series, you know, for him to get to, for him to get right. to uh, manage the national league, I'm sure that's got to be a, just a huge honor for him, you know, and I think that's going to help end up with a, a several Braves, you know, as reserves, if they don't get voted in, you know, I'm really hoping I haven't done the math and tried to look at it. You know, I really hope it's the situation where Max Free can pitch in the All-Star game. You know, I know they a lot of times they set them. If you start the last weekend before the for the All-Star game, they'll set you out automatically. But, you know, I'd love to see him get in there. You know, and the catcher situation is interesting, too. <laughs> when you look at uh, Wilson Contreras is probably going to get voted in as a starter. But I think Travis Darno's got a good shot, especially with Snicker as the manager, just because of, of how respected he is, putting up good numbers. He's got 10 home runs. You know, if he's going to get a mention, and William Contreras has got to get a little mention too. So I, w- I really wouldn't be surprised if, if Darno works his way on there. But, you know, obviously there's still, still a ways to go before we get to that point. This all-star game, it's going to have a little bit more of a Braves flavor, I think. So, you know, I am looking forward to it. Uh, Minner, I think AJ Minner probably is the best Atlanta's best reliever. I wonder if he's going to actually get a chance to get on there, but just because uh, you know everything's so closer um, slanted. Uh, you know, Jansen's the one with the saves. That's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll revisit this as we get closer to the All Star rosters being uh, being named. But you know, it's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, if if Minner is not on the roster, then I'm. I'm. I will say. I'm going to pop off some tweets. <laughs> I'll just put it. Yeah. I'll put it that way. Because Minner's not only he's not only been the Braves' best reliever. I mean, he's been one of the two or three best relievers in all of yeah. baseball uh, this year. So, yeah. If he's not on the roster, then there yeah, will be. I, I agree with you. I think he. I think he deserves to be there. Um, if the, if a reliever for Atlanta makes it, I think it needs to be him. But. You know, just historically, historically, yeah. you know, a lot of people, they they just look at the – I think having Snicker as the manager will help him. But, uh, again, you know, a lot of people focus on those saves and those closers. Uh, so, you know, it'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Kyle Wright, I wonder, you know, Kyle he come out he come out on fire. And, you know, and, and he's still pitching good. And, uh, you know, he's coming off a rough start his last time out. Um, you know, I worry about him – if he's just kind of okay, is he one of those guys that gets bumped off? If he is, you know, he should be right in line to replace somebody if, if they can't pitch in the game or whatever. But, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think, I think he and freed have to be on there. Um, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and 
you know, like you said, there's always guys who get voted on or get selected on who can't pitch because they pitched, you know, the Sunday before the game. And so there, there ends up being quite a few pitchers technically on the team because so many get disqualified from actually being able to pitch in the game because they pitched on the Saturday or Sunday before. So, you know, there, there, as long as he doesn't just completely collapse, I think, I think, I think Kyle's got a decent shot. Now, obviously, you know, he's a, he's, this is kind of his first year of really pitching at this level and he might get dinged for that a little bit, but you know, if you just go by the numbers, you know, him and Max are really not that far apart in terms of value so far this year. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Braves had four or five guys and, and, and Kyle was one of them. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Braves close out the uh, Giants uh, Thursday and then a pretty big series coming up this weekend. Um, another another uh, yeah. World Series hero uh, returning home to get a um, get a get his ring. Uh, you know, you got any thoughts about brazing the Dodgers uh, for this weekend? I just really hope we try to keep it about the baseball as much as possible. I know I've already seen it. You know, we're going to start rehashing all the stuff that happened in the off season and. Some of it has already become revisionist history. I think I'm actually going to write a post for Friday for the site, kind of reminding people exactly what went down, you know, based on the reporting, just because I'm already starting to see some, some revisionist history about how all that went down. I just, I hope we keep it about the baseball as much as possible. Obviously we all love Freddie, you know, um, I, for why, I mean, I spent the last two years saying I didn't think there was any way he'd play anywhere else. And obviously, he's, he's a Dodger now. So I was as shocked as anybody it went down the way it went down. But, you know, once you get to free agency, it's just like what we said with Dansby. Once you get to free agency, anything can happen. And a lot of the times, these agents, you know, they have sometimes they have their own agenda. I think Chipper talked about this, you know, making sure you remind your agent that. They work for you and not the other way around. And, you know, anything can happen when you get to free agency. And, you know, I think Alex and Freddie, uh, they talked when the Braves were out in L.A. And I think they kind of buried any animosity that might have been, you know, left over after it all went down. I just hope we can enjoy the weekend. The Braves and the Dodgers, two of the best teams in the National League. Obviously, they played in the NLCS against each other the last two years. You know, the winner at both times went on to win the world series. And so, you know, they're just two terrific elite level national league teams. And, you know, I, I know Freddie's going to get a massive ovation. He, he should, I, I saw on Twitter, people were asking if he, if he should be booed. I think it's just, that's just not that's nonsense. I, mean, I, you know, I don't know why you would think Freddie Freeman would get booed. He's going to get a massive ovation. Like he should, he brought a world series to this to the city when a lot of other people failed to do that. So, um, but after that, after that initial kind of pop, I just hope we can settle in and just enjoy some, 
some high level national baseball. Yeah, I agree with you. And it, it's it has been a weird week on uh, uh, on Twitter and uh, around the around social media uh, landscape a little bit. You know, I was glad to see Matt Olson starting to swing the bat a little bit better. Um, you know, I hope he doesn't yeah. feel a lot of pressure going into this series. But uh, you know, I think. I think it'd be obviously a, a very big boost for him uh, to play well this weekend, uh, as as it would the Braves. You know, I mean, we heard during the winning streak that they were playing, you know, terrible teams and 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 everything. And here we are. You know, they've got a chance tomorrow to take three out of four from the Giants. So, uh, you know, if you right. could somehow figure out how to win two out of three against the Dodgers, I think that serves notice to everybody. Um, you know, the day this team, this is still a championship level team and uh, they're playing pretty well right now. So yeah, I think it's going to be a fun series. I'm looking forward to it. I'm planning on being there. Uh, I know it's been sold out for forever. They've been selling standing room only tickets and I can't imagine what it's going to be like Friday night when uh, Freddie does get that ring. And uh, like I said, you need to celebrate him face of this franchise for a long, long time. Uh, I can't believe anybody would even entertain the thought of booing him you know it just yeah. uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me but uh um i think that's uh i think that's it for us uh have you got anything else you want to you want to uh say before we uh close this thing out no just with the win i wrote this in the recap that i had to rewrite after the braves came back but with the win the braves did take over the second wild card spot i believe i think they're now one game up on the giants for the second wild card spot and they're closing in on the padres for the first wild card spot and they did gain a game on the mets because the mets lost in houston today so four and a half on the division deficit and yeah fun one tomorrow uh kyle wright and i think alex wood i think former brave alex wood goes tomorrow and it's a it's a it's an afternoon game so it'll be an early game but um, a lot of fun stuff a really exciting time to be kind of covering the team right now and and yeah it's been fun all right i think that's it for us um we're still trying to come up with a name for the podcast and we appreciate all the suggestions that you guys have sent us so far if you have one for us uh hit us up on twitter i'm chris willis you can find me at chris with a k underscore willis um and steven is b underscore outliers on twitter if you enjoyed the podcast please leave us a rating or review and subscribe so you never miss an episode and we'll see you again next week hey this is scott galloway author professor entrepreneur and most importantly host of the prop g podcast we got a special series running on right now called the future of work where i answer all your questions on surprise the future of work Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.